Morning all, Thursday, February 22, the Big Sports Breakfast, Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab. Good morning wherever and however you are listening and plenty of footy news as we count down to the start of the season. Adam Reynolds agreeing to an extension there at the Broncos. Stacey Jones will be the next coach of New Zealand. So Wayne Bennett will be linked to everyone under the sun who probably goes on a losing run this season for 2025. Uh, signings at the Dragons, also re-signings at the Sharks, some news around Corey Harareira Naira at the Raiders. Fields are out for Saturday. A tab silver slipper. You've also got the Hobartville and Millie Fox, three group twos there in Sydney at Rose Hill, three group ones at Caulfield in the Futurity, the Oakley Plate, and, of course, the Blue Diamond for the two-year-olds. And there is the Peter Young on the card as well, where Foxy Cleopatra has drawn barrier two. $9 currently with Tab. We'll get Loz's thoughts soon, but the cricket last night was thrilling. It was fantastic, actually, really, coming down to the last ball uh, with the Aussies needing a boundary, Tim David on strike, and he delivered, clubbed it. New Zealand 3 for 215, Australia 4 for 216 in response, winning by six wickets. Morning to you, pup. It was quite entertaining to have on there in the background last night. Uh, Certainly wound right in as it got close there towards the end. Got to say, great work by the Aussies, but New Zealand blew it. Morning to you, mate. Morning, buddy. Morning, Loz. Morning to our listeners. Yeah, I watched the game. They were brilliant, Australia. Um, Tiny boundaries, so even chasing a total like that, it was... There were 36s. It was a lot of runs, but with the Australian batting lineup, they were never out of it. There's so much power through that middle order. Um, Well, there's so much power throughout the entire innings. You, You saw the way... Um, David Warner and Travis Ed just walked out and tried to smack it from ball one. It was just that type of wicket. It looked like the the pitch got a little bit harder to bat on as well. It just quickened up a little bit. New Zealand got a couple of quick bowlers, a bowl sort of that 140-plus. Uh, Aussie's brilliant to be able to chase those. Mitchell Marsh led from the front, captain's knock. And then Tim David absolutely belted them, 30 off 10 balls. But, yeah, they dropped three uh, pretty easy catches, New Zealand, that they uh, they should have taken. And I think they might have got their tactics wrong as well to someone like a Tim David. I think he's so powerful and he wants anything in his, what you call in the slot, in his zone. He's looking to get on the front foot and smack it over your head for six. Um, And when you've got a couple of guys that can bowl that 140 plus, I reckon they should have used those guys at the death and they should have used that short pitch bowling. I know there's risk with that. You can get cut for six or pulled for six, but I reckon with Tim Tim David, if you've got a pitch that has a tiny bit of pace and bounce in it, let's see him hook and pull the ball for six to win the game rather than get his front foot out of the way and smack it down the ground. So they'll be disappointed. Um, their captain didn't seem too bothered after the game. I listened to him speak. He was like, well, Australia's got a great team. They've got plenty of power. Mate, New Zealand are ranked two at the moment in T20 cricket. I think Australia's four or five. And if you're not beating us for 220 on the board, I'm not sure how you're beating us. So well done to the Aussies. Um, yeah, there's just, again, a few of the quicks didn't play uh, throughout that the back end of the Australian summer in the short forms as well. And um, Paddy Cummins bowled beautifully. Starkey, good to see him back in the team bowling well. So, yeah, good start to uh, good start to New Zealand. But, yeah, and a great game of cricket. I watched it. I thought it was awesome. 
Yeah. Oza, morning. Yeah, morning, boys. You can never write off Australia, obviously, but they never looked like they were gone. Aussies. Never looked like they were gone. Mate, not Chasing that, that big line. score line with yeah. the batting still to come and the short boundaries, 35 off two overs yeah. they required. Yeah. Like if that was in Sydney or Melbourne or something like that, you'd be going, oh, yeah. we're, we're gone here. But you never got that feeling last mm. night. But it was a great atmosphere. Like yeah, it was. The, the, the crowd got awesome. right into it. Um, it was a game that there was plenty of heroes for both sides. Um, in the end, Tim David, 31 off 10 balls. That's a outstanding innings. But Mitch Marsh, captaining the team, 72. He was brilliant, Mitch. Um, the Kiwis got away to a good start, didn't they? They, they got off to a flyer. They had some big hitters. Uh, Right-hander looks good, opening the batter. Alan. Yeah, Alan. He looks, yeah. he looks a good player. Yeah, he he's... strikes the ball well. Ravindra. Yeah, he's yeah. a good player, this yeah. kid. Took his time to get going, I yeah. think, as well. They just come off test cricket as yeah. well. So he just took him – took a few of them. It was that type of wicket, certainly batting first. It looked a little bit tennis ball bounce, so it just took a few balls to get in. But, oh, it, mate, you, you take – I don't care where you play. You're taking that total oh. on the board. You, you like – if you can't defend that, you'd be disappointed. Most definitely. So, the other thing as well, I, I just think it, it's another example. I don't care what form of the game you play. If you want to slow scoring or stop scoring, there's only one way. It's to get blokes get out. And in 2020 cricket, so many teams forget about it. They go to run prevention. How do, where do we put the fielders on the boundary? Put all the infielders back on the ring. You know, th- there was opportunities, certainly with new batters as well. And, and on a pitch like that, that did take... You know, some players a few balls to get it. That's where you can, you know, you can be a, you can be aggressive at certain times. Like even the guys in the ring, when somebody first comes out the bat, bring them right in tight to say, right here, you have to hit it past me to get a run. You can't just block it and run here because our fielders are in looking for a run out or a catch or an opportunity. Um, you know, use your. It might be spin. If, if if you see someone like that's what I'm saying. Someone like. Uh, um, how do I how do I explain myself? Someone like a, let's say Mitchell Marsh versus Tim David. If you've studied your opposition, two very different players, both powerful, play in different states, have different takes on how they're successful in this format. Mitchell Marsh grows up at the Wacker. He's good against fast bowling. So to someone like Mitchell Marsh. I'd be thinking when he walks out the bat, no matter what the conditions are, I reckon I can get a spinner on here. Mm. I reckon I can get a slow, slow, take the pace off the ball and make him make the pace and be quite aggressive with maybe cover coming in like a catching position or your mid-wicket to make him hit the ball past those fielders. To someone like Tim David, he just wants, he wants, he wants 125, 130k hard volleys. He'll hit you out of the park. So then I'd be going, all right, who's my quickest bowler? Oh, mate, I'm going to stick it up him if I can. Mm. I might even have like a bat pad. Dick, in, dick mate, into him. For the first, for, for two balls or two out on the hook and say, right, you're going to get, you're going to get some short pitch ball. I, I just don't think, I don't think New Zealand studied the individual or executed against the individual as good as they probably could have. And as you mentioned, they dropped three catches. Very hard to beat Australia if you're going to give them opportunities like that. But the Aussies did everything right. They're power hitters. Oh, aren't mate. They? They're like, look at look, Head, Warner, Marsh, Maxwell, <laughs> Inglis, David. And Short didn't get a bat last night, but he can belt the ball. Yeah. So that top seven. So it's going to be difficult for Smith, I suppose, depending well. on conditions. I don't think – well, that's an example. You go into – the World Cup's in the West Indies and in America where you've probably got 
America is going to be dropping pitches, mm. and West Indies are slow pitches. So you're going to have to have a slow, uh, not a slow batter, but a, a batsman with a bit of skill. Well, craft, mate, I reckon you want your pa- no. I reckon the opposite. opposite. I reckon you want your power. I reckon through the middle, Australia's power now. Mm. You, they can they can chase whatever they need. They yeah. can get ten and over easily now. Do you reckon though on a, on those type of pitches, you possibly need one bloke? Like to like I reckon that Smitty, test match. If Smitty plays, mate, he's got. I reckon he's he's opening the batting. Yeah. I reckon he's. Oh yeah, yeah. With, I, I don't mind Travis where he is, but I, I reckon they possibly, depending on the wickets. I don't know. You know better than me. But if they if they're a, like suitable to just ball coming on bashing them, but I don't know what the West Indies pitch is like. No. Say if India or if it was played in India, I'd have a India's different because like it's spin. In well, India twenty twenty, yeah. not so much, but. Yeah, when it's spinning, oh, I just, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I thought, I thought Smitty might have opened the batting last night, and it's a tough one because Travis Head's belted them yeah. with every opportunity he's had in all formats. Uh, I think that's the first time though in T Twenty cricket, him and Warner have actually opened the batting. So they've obviously gone in one day cricket. They've done it, but in T Twenty, I think it's the first time. So they've obviously said, "Nah, this is our opening partnership." Mitch is Mitch Marsh definitely staying at three. Maxwell definitely staying at four. Tim David, the other. So Matthew Wade didn't play last night, so he normally keeps in T Twenty. Um, so like uh, Marcus Stoinis is out injured as well. He's been in and around that T Twenty team. So I don't know. I I think Smitty's fighting with Warner and Travis Ed. Yeah. As that, I think I think that's going to be his position. If he, I if saw he a stat him. last night too on Fox, where Australia, when they've won the toss, they've just they've chased the last oh, they 13, love, 14 times. They love chasing. They just that that that's now there you go. Yeah. It's just a chase, regardless. Yeah. Well, that wicket definitely quickened up um, last night. Just I don't know if it's due or just a bit of moisture around. Just there's a little bit of swing. Um, even in Australia's first, when Australia bowled New Zealand's innings, it looked like it just started to hint to reverse swing a little bit. So that tells me the wicket was quite dry. Um, but yeah, then the ball skidded on beautifully. Mitch Marsh's innings yeah. was. Yes. I'll tell you the other thing about uh, the T20 cricket, too, when you're bowling that last over. Geez, you want to have trust in your bowler if they haven't been bowling for a period of time and they come on to bowl that last ball. Because. You know, the hardest. Southy. He's usually a spot-on bowler. Like yeah. his first ball was wide. Yeah, well, he bowled three wides like, in a row, win one over. I saw that. Yeah, but but you know, and he like, missed he down was, the leg side and went for six. But if you're David. bowling that last over, mate, you want to have. I know, I know he's arguably their their best bowler, but I don't I don't know. I think it's sometimes too hard. Well, it depends oh. who you're bowling to as well. Like if Southie's bowling to Southie's bowling to me, great option. But if Southie's bowling to Tim David, Tim David, if he could have picked any bowler to face, he would have picked Tim mm. Southie because he's won twenty k's and he's probably going to take pace off the ball. Yep. So he's perfect for him to. He doesn't need to worry about a short ball. He's not going to get one. Everything he's front footy, he can smack mm. out of the park. But normally in twenty twenty, I reckon you're. I reckon you're generally the toughest over the bowl is the second last one. That's where you. Let's say there's thirty four runs on the board. Mm. I reckon you'll find a lot of captains who go. You know what? I, the second last over is the most important because I want to give a maximum yeah. runs in the last over. Yep. So Australia, I think, in the second last over might have hit, might have got 15, 17. So they got themselves in a position where they can, yeah. 
They knew against Southie. They could, I reckon, they though, when that. you're coming back and you haven't bowled for a bit and you've got that last over, mate, they're putting a lot of pressure on you. Yeah. Uh, let's go to the back page of the Courier Mail. Big news of the Broncos and Skipper re-signs. Renault in for the long haul is the headline here. So Adam Reynolds has agreed to a 12-month extension through 2025 and will transition into a coaching role is part of this deal as well. Uh, so, well, he's spoken so glowingly about the move to Brisbane for him and his family, and, you know, the indications are he doesn't want to go anywhere. So, as part of this deal, he wants to make sure he's uh, employed beyond his footy career, and uh, you can see him being the perfect mentor to Ezra Mam going forward, Loz, post his playing days. But in the short term, I'm sure Broncos fans are delighted that he'll be still there anchoring for the next 18 months. Well, he's still got a lot to 20 offer. 20 months. He's still got a lot to offer, Mido, and we talk about experienced halves, how difficult they are to get. And the Broncos, that was one of the missing pieces of their jigsaw that they recruited last uh, last couple of years. But he's been a, a good pickup for the the, uh, the Broncos. Uh, gives them plenty of control, and he's a great role model for those young players to learn off. Uh, he'll move into a coaching role. Uh, to mentor those young guys, but he's also tactically and knowledge of the game is, is second to none. And that's because of what he's learnt, obviously, off his coaches, but also by playing the game and being out there at the coalface. So uh, it's good that the Broncos are having that stability, albeit they lost a couple of players at the end of last year, but we we know the reason why they had to uh, lose those players is because they've got to keep the likes of Ezra Mann, Reese Walsh and Selwyn Cobber. They're three of the most exciting young players in the game. So, yeah, the Broncos would be extremely happy uh, putting pen to paper or getting Reynolds to put pen to paper. Uh, also on the back page of the Courier-Mail, hot property league boss Valandis reveals NRL monopoly master plan to build a $1 billion empire. It's on the back page of the Daily Telegraph in Sydney as well. Monopoly master plan PVL's $1 billion NRL empire. Well, yesterday it uh, was revealed at the annual general meeting, the financial figures. So total revenue for the NRL is up to just more than $700 million, up $107 million. Uh, so 18% on 2022, an increase there. And uh, there's a surplus there of uh, just less than $60 million. There's assets now of... $260 billion, so the COVID days feel like a long way away, Lots. Right, well, they have been, um, but the NRL have done a remarkable job uh, under Peter Valandi since that time. Uh, they're building up a war chest. Um, the clubs are all happy with the deals that they're receiving. The NRL have bought three assets, big assets, uh, so the game's never been in better financial shape, and he also said that in the next three years, he wants to deliver a 20-team NRL competition. Uh, that's part of his vision. So it looks as though we will be going to 20. Uh, the next three sides will be trying to work out where they'll come from. I've got no doubt one will be PNG. I think the Bears, in some way, shape or form, will be there. And then we're going to find a third one. So who will the third one be? But it's great times for the NRL, as I said. Uh, we're lucky to have Peter Valandis in that role because he's done some remarkable things for our game and certainly shoring up its future. And just on expansion as well, this story, uh, the headline in the Herald here, give them tax-free status, PVL's bold plan to make PNG side viable. So naturally the issue lies with a PNG team will be attracting players. So mm. Peter Valandis saying that he plans to lobby the federal government for people who move to PNG to work. 
to be given tax-free status. Uh, so he's pointed, and he pointed to the you know the tax rate in Hong Kong, the fifteen percent tax rate in Hong Kong, and you know how that attracts racing mm. participants uh, there, and how he battles that sort of in in, in racing. But uh, yeah, to have uh, NRL players go to PNG, they will need incentives. Let's face it. Yeah, yeah, I I, I think he's on the on the money there, um, and I would never discount him discount him because most of the things. He says he's going to do. He, he gets done. So it, it would certainly be an attractive proposition for any player if they were to go there. Um, but I think um, there's similar arrangements when you go and play in France. Mm. I, th- I think the arrangements over there is yeah. is pretty good too. If you were going to play with either a rugby union team mm. or a rugby league team like the Catalans, I, I, I don't know what the tax rate is, but I know that there's a... Not it's a goal a line, but there's a loophole or two mm. when you when you go over there and play, when you finish your footy, on what the tax rate is, and if you stay in that country for a certain amount of time mm. after you finish, then you receive a lot of that money that you pay tax on back. Mm. I, just, <laughs> I, I, I can't recall what it is, but I'm yeah, no, no, pretty there definitely sure it, is, yeah. definitely is. Uh, I, I can't get my head around how our government's using the NRL to solve a political issue for them. I just can't. Anyway, I don't want to get bogged down. This is not a political issue. No, you've got to understand, like, PNG is like India with their cricket. And, it, and their it, love of rugby league. Their yeah. love of rugby league. It is the national sport it's, in PNG, isn't it, Lots? Yeah. It's like nothing you've ever seen before, mate. Mm. It's like nothing you've seen before. So 95% of the people would be just all over the NRL. 95% of the country would be over the NRL, all over it, mm. mad for it. And they just love and idolise the players and anyone that's had anything to do with it. I've got a mate who's working for a bank who's recently moved to Port Moresby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I was actually texting him last night just asking him how it is over there because obviously they've had some issues over there with some violence, etc. Mm-hmm. And he said, it's not that bad. Most of the hectic stuff is tribal up in the highlands. But it's not exactly Coogee in Port Moresby either. Uh, movement's heavily restricted, mm. and it'd be difficult for any non-local to adapt. That was what he said from someone living there. Mm. But there's curious. instability in that country at the moment. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You, you, you'd never know how long that will continue on for. Uh, it might be six months. It might be ten years. Mm. I mean, if you're going there to play rugby league and that's still going on, but if it was down in the mainland. You'd be a bit more concerned, but if it's up in the, you know, the, hmm. the higher ground, you're, you're not as concerned. They, they did have some issues in Port Moresby a few weeks ago. I know you can have issues anywhere. Right, you have issues in Fiji, hmm. you have issues in Australia, you have issues in Sydney, hmm. yeah, <laughs> in Melbourne, no matter where you are, Paris. Yeah. Can you ever, okay, let me put it this way. Will PNG ever hold up the, the Premiership Trophy? Yeah, why not? Might, mightn't be in my lifetime. But if they come into the competition, I'll guarantee you at some stage they would. Most definitely. I'm sceptical. Mate, mate, I'm telling you, because they've, got, because they've got a pathway system, if you put players up there, put the right systems in place, the right coaching, mate, they will develop players, mate. You, you look at... 
you know, Justin Olam. Um, uh, there's uh, Bruce Mamando that I played with at Canberra. First grade. So you could name 13 or 14. Um, Marcus Bye. Mm. Yeah, they, they, they can produce a football player and they'll produce them at a rapid rate if you've got the right system in mm. place, let me tell you, because they'd have the biggest junior system out of anyone. 